If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the more conservative, not better talk. And I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. For those of you that want to watch the program, as long as Facebook allows it. Good to be here. Hope you had a good weekend. And um, I want to start here today. I want to start with... Uh, this whole situation with Biden and with really the fallout of this. Biden, as you will recall, at the end of – he came on MSNBC. It must have been right at 8 a.m. on Friday, right as we were wrapping up up this program. And I watched – I watched the interview – and look this is this is a big a big deal as we've been discussing here over the past uh, last week anyway and so this was Biden's moment of course he picks MSNBC he picks Morning Joe he picks Mika Brzezinski to come on and share his story share his version of the story or his version of, I guess, escaping from the allegations, however you want to look at this. But this is where he goes on Friday morning. And folks, there is genuine concern in the Democrat Party about what they have uh, with with Joe Biden here um, as their presumptive nominee. Here we are May 4th, right? So there's everyone else has dropped out. Has Tulsi Gabbard officially dropped out? I don't know. She's got maybe one or two delegates, I think. But everyone else has dropped out. Democrats are were never really excited about Joe Biden. Democrats already had the reality that Biden was going to um, – this whole thing with Hunter Biden was going to come up when we get into the into the actual general election process when Trump is on – Stage, if and ever, uh, if we ever get back to that point in time, Trump's going to make sure. <laughs> Trump's going to make sure that we know about Hunter Biden and what happened in Ukraine. That's a, a certainty. Uh, but now, on top of that, you've got Biden's gaffes. You've got you know people being concerned about. I'm talking about Democrats now. Democrats who are concerned about Biden and his ability to 
think clearly, to be coherent at times. I've read, in fact, I read my wife last night a statement, a quote from Joe Biden, and it is, I'm telling you, borderline incoherent. Actually, it's not borderline, it's incoherent. In fact, she said to me, what it reminded her of was the Miss America or Miss Universe uh, question, the answer that was given back, I think it was in 2007. In fact, I might play that to to jar your memory on the actual response. And when I played it for her, she's like, yeah, that's a, that sounds like Joe Biden. And it does sound like Joe Biden. The Iraq and so forth, that kind of answer. When you read a poll quote from a Biden interview, I'm telling you right now, you have no idea what the guy is saying. When you watch it, you don't know either. But at least there's the context of some... Uh, you know, verbal communication. You can hear the audio file where the pause is. If you're watching him, you can at least see what that's like, where he's trying to figure out what in the world you asked him and what he should be saying. But there's concerns about this as well. Always has been in the Democrat Party, but they didn't want Bernie. They would rather, Bernie Sanders supporters, hear me this morning. They would rather have an incoherent person run for office, someone who's a lifelong, well, he's he's been seeking presidential office since the time I was in elementary school. So it's been a lifelong pursuit. He's a, he's, he's inside the DC establishment. They would rather have him and his son, of course, his son, Hunter Biden, and all of the questions and concerns about how he gets appointed to this board position where only a handful of people are even on this board, but yet Hunter Biden somehow qualifies and makes lots of money every year for for doing something he doesn't know anything about. Has nothing to do, we're told, with Biden being at the time vice president of the United States and his dealings with Ukraine. Those two things were totally, totally just coincidental. But Bernie Sanders supporters, they would rather have this guy with all the baggage, with all the incoherent comments and statements, with all the problems, and now even with Tara Reid as we get into this again. They would rather have this guy than your guy. They would rather have him, Joe Biden, with all of these things that they knew going into this. Now, they didn't know about Tara Reid and the allegations, although they could have. Had the media chosen to report on this in 2019, as they told us they could have, think about that. But nonetheless, they've chosen all those things that they knew at the time and said, look, this is our guy. It's not Pete Buttigieg. It's not Amy Klobuchar. It's not Bill de Blasio, who at one time was running for president, you may remember. It's not Kamala Harris. It's not Cory Booker. It's not, I mean, Elizabeth Warren, my cousin Liz. It's none of these folks. It has to be Joe Biden. He was the best. He was determined by the the power brokers that to be the best candidate. And it's not Bernie Sanders. I want you to just realize that it's not your guy. All this stuff about uh, you know the, the platitudes that Bernie talks about. All these things about equality. You know, the the guaranteed living minimum wage and all these sorts, sorts of things. Doesn't matter. 
to the Democrat Party. What matters is that, that they pick someone who's part of the establishment, who keeps the machine running in the direction that they want it to run. Remember that come November. So anyway, we've got Joe Biden questioned Friday on MSNBC by Mika Brzezinski. And I want to play a portion of this. Of course, we can't play the whole thing. It's, I don't know, it's 18 minutes or 17 minutes, something like that. So I want to play at least part of this to give you a flavor in the event that you were not able to watch this interview. So here is a portion, and I know we just have a couple minutes before the break here. But here's a portion of Biden talking with Mika Brzezinski of MSNBC on Friday morning just after just after this program launched, or excuse me, ended for the day, because I was going to jip this thing in process. But nonetheless, here is the interview. Let's see what he had to say to Mika on Friday morning. Okay, let's bring in the apparent Democratic nominee for president, former Vice President Joe Biden. Mr. Vice President, thank you for coming on the show this morning. We have Happy to be a with lot you. we want to ask <coughs> you this morning. Joe and Willie will join in just a moment for questions on how you would handle this pandemic, the campaign, and other news of the day. But at the start, it's just going to be you and me, and I want to get right to the allegation made against you by Tara Reid. So the former Senate aide accuses you of sexual assault. And please, uh, to our viewers, please excuse the graphic nature of this, but I want to make sure that there is no question as to what we're talking about. She says in 1993, Mr. Vice President, that you pinned her against the wall and reached under her clothing and penetrated her with your fingers. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. Do you remember her? Do you remember any any types of complaints that she might have made? I don't remember any type of complaint she <clears throat> may have made. It was 27 years ago. And uh, I don't remember, nor does anyone else that I'm aware of. And uh, the fact is that I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember any complaint ever having been made. Have you or your campaign, have you reached out to her? No, I have not reached out to her. It's 27 years ago. This never happened. And uh, when she first made the claim, we made it clear that it never happened. And uh, that's as simple as that. All right. So a couple of things here, and I've got to get to a break. But two things. So keep in mind And you know this, whenever these politicians are being prepared to go on and make an appearance, first of all, at all, not not to mention something as vitally important as, you know, defending or I guess responding to defending yourself from or responding to the allegations made. And let me let me say it again. This is not and I'm not minimizing sexual assault. But this is not straight sexual assault. This, these are rape allegations. These are rape allegations. And look up the definition of what rape is. You can see that what is described by Tara Reid and what was just reiterated there by Mika Brzezinski, MSNBC, constitutes 
physical rape. Joe Biden has been accused of rape. Let me say it again. Joe Biden has been accused of rape. So those are the accusations. So whether you're dealing about or dealing with something to the level of this, which which is, I mean, a violent criminal act, uh, sexually exploiting and harming one of his staffers allegedly back in 1993, or whether you're just going out and, and trying to you know, take simple talking points out when he does some of these other interviews before the Tara Reid thing. There's this, there's a coaching session that goes on prior to this. Now with Biden, it's probably a longer coaching session because they're going to give him the talking points and they're going to say, now, Joe, why don't you repeat those one more time? Because I'm not sure, I'm not sure that you you got those because I've watched other interviews And it appears that you get things confused. So let's go through them one more time. So the two points that they wanted to get across here, and do not doubt this, the two points that they wanted to get across were 27 years ago. They wanted to sound like such a long, distant time ago to where, you know, suddenly this doesn't matter. 27 years ago, they want to put doubt in your mind as to why someone would wait 27 years, which to some degree is fair but on an, uh, in another way is not fair because she's been trying to tell the story for some time. In fact, her mother again back in 1993, 27 years ago, called into Larry King live to get some direction on how to uh, wh- about what to do with these charges, where to go besides going to the media. It should be noted that if we were to read into Tara Reed's mother calling um, Larry King back in 93, if we were to read into that and just think this through, they did not want to go to the media. Tara Reed did not want to go to the media. Otherwise, she would have done that. That's the one option that they knew was available back in 1993. She, re- she was trying to find another option. She was trying to find another way to deal with this prior to or besides going to the media. That's what Tara Reid wanted to do. So the two things, 27 years, they wanted to sound like ancient history, irrelevant. That's what they wanted to sound like, to feel like. They want to call into question why this wasn't reported earlier. Of course, there are some reasons for that, and there's actually evidence by the phone call as an example that this was This was something that they tried to get people to know about 27 years ago, number one. Number two, he kept saying this didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen 27 years ago. 27 years ago, it didn't happen. So he wanted a firm denial. Notice what he didn't do. He didn't say she's lying. Notice what he didn't do. He didn't attack her, which I'm not suggesting he should have. I'm just telling you the coaching, what goes into this. This is... This is of all the things that these politicians do, the most, the thing that has the most emphasis put upon it is the PR side, is the public appearance side, the the side where you have to say in front of a live camera uh, the right things, what they deem to be the right things. And the right things that they determined back at the, in the strategic sessions, probably focus group this was 27 years and it didn't happen. Biden said that 
uh, several times during uh, during this interview. Actually, several times during that couple minute clip that I played for you. So, anyway, quick timeout. Come back. We'll continue talking about this when we return. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. back something else that biden apparently has some some problems with i'm watching fox news here during the break and they've got um, a guest uh teslin figaro political analyst she's on here uh, basically saying biden better pick not just a woman he better pick a black woman or um it's gonna be a slap in the face to the black vote, which saved his campaign in South Carolina, which, of course, as we know, led to Biden being chosen, being chosen as the uh, nominee by the power party, the, the power brokers, those that have big money, those who are in the know, those that can manipulate and determine what happens within the Democrat Party. That's something else that needs to be reiterated or painted very, very clearly to the american people this candidate was chosen by the ultra wealthy and powerful he won if you think about it he only won south carolina on his own so to speak after that the power brokers got involved and changed the field they 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 made an adjustment it would be like i've been watching believe it or not I've been watching some of the 1998 uh, NBA Eastern Conference Finals. Pacers versus the Bulls. I remember watching that. It's on ESPN because there's no sports going on right now. Uh, Not yet because of coronavirus. But I remember that that was the highlight or the, the, I guess you could say, the, the high point of my interest in the NBA. It was Reggie Miller. The Pacers were a so much fun to watch back then reggie miller doing the choke sign to spike lee can't do that anymore that's violent uh nba won't have that throat slashing that kind of stuff but reggie miller doing the all to spike lee choking symbol on the uh, from the court but this was during that general era reggie versus reggie versus um versus michael uh michael jordan and so this this is um you know, we, we, we've got a, a point in time here that we're doing all sorts of things uh, that we don't normally we don't normally do. But we've got this um, that there's this 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 competition here uh, is is intense with with Biden um, and and the Democrat Party and so forth. And I think that there's similarities. So imagine in the 98 Eastern Conference Finals, if that one of the games, the pace, the Pacers ended up winning. I think game three, on their own. So what happened in the Democrat primary would have been comparable to in game four, if the Bulls would have pulled uh, Pippen and Rodman out of the lineup and only left Jordan. That's a bad example because they don't have a Jordan. So they would have pulled some Jordan and some Pippen, leaving them with Luke Longley, Steve Kerr. Ron Harper, whoever else was on that team back in 1998. 
and that would have been their field. And then one of those would have risen to the top because they took out all the other competitors. And then the Pacers would have had a huge advantage. So the Pacers would have been kind of the, the de facto uh, champions if there wasn't a Pippen, a Jordan, and a Rodman on the Bulls. And so that's effectively what the Democrats have done. The power brokers, the people with money, the people with influence, these are not the people who are out there uh, demanding $15 an hour. These are people who sit in ivory towers. These are people who probably rub shoulders to some degree uh, with uh, just the the ultra, ultra wealthy, the ultra, ultra powerful George Soros crowd. This this is the group of people. We don't know who a lot of these people even are. Some of them we do, but they like to hide in the shadows and not not make themselves known to the general public. But that's what happened. That's why we've got Joe Biden here. So now we got Joe Biden on MSNBC. I'm gonna play a little bit more of this. This back and forth. Mika. Mika is doing the part of this interview where she's asking about uh, Tara Reid. So Biden, we played a couple of minutes before the break. I want to play a little bit more here as she continues with Joe Biden on Friday, right at the conclusion of this program, about 8 a.m. Eastern Friday morning. She continues. In the past 30 minutes or so, you released a statement on Medium and among other sa- things, you, you, you write this. There's only one place a complaint of this kind could be the National Archives. I am requesting that the Secretary of State ask of the Senate ask the archives to identify any record of the complaint she alleges she filed. If there was any such complaint, the record will be there. Are you preparing us for a complaint that might be revealed in some way? Are you confident there is nothing? I'm confident there's nothing. No one ever brought it to the attention of me 27 years ago. This is any assertion at all. No one that I'm aware of in my campaign, at, excuse my, my Senate office at the time, is aware of any such uh, request and, uh, uh, or any such complaint. Uh, and, uh, and so the, I, 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 I'm not worried about it at all. If there is a complaint, that's where it would be. That's where it would be filed. And if it's there... Put it out, but I've never seen it. No one has that I'm aware of. Yeah, if it's there, put it out. <laughs> this this reminds me of Hillary. Yeah, just this, you know, if it's there, put it out. Oz told me during the break, she said, what are they going to search? The, because there's multiple places that these records could be. Biden says it could only be in the National Archives. By his saying it's only on the National Archives, think think Hillary's server here. This is a, this could be very easily a version of Hillary's server, right? Hillary was supposed to be using the server, the official server, um, the government server in Washington D.C. that everyone knew about. That professional, um, you know, the folks who are protecting that server can protect it. They know how to set up firewalls and defend from hacks and all these different things. You got a team of people watching the server. That is the equivalent of the National Archives. You know, last time I was in DC with my son, which was back in October, we went to the National Archives, saw the Declaration of Independence. I mean, this is, if you've not been there, I mean, this is just incredible, incredible stuff to, to see. 
But he says, look, that's where they'll be. So first and foremost, that means it's probably not there. And if it is there, if it is, does happen to be there, they've already uncovered it. They've either, who knows what they've done, right? But it's it, it's not apparently whatever might be there isn't damning enough or they wouldn't point us in that direction. There's no way in this world that, <laughs> that they're pointing us to the direction of where actual damning evidence against Joe Biden exist. There's literally zero. If there's a chance that there be negative percent chance that this is happening, that's what I would say is true. There's there's absolutely no chance that Biden is pointing us in the direction of damning evidence against his campaign. But just like Hillary had a secret server in her bathroom closet, remember this, she thought, hey, I'll communicate uh, with folks using my own server secretly so that you know, they don't have to keep official record of this. See, Democrats don't like official records. A lot of politicians don't like official records because those things actually report things that they don't want you to know about. And so some of them, like Hillary Clinton, set up schemes to where she can kind of circumvent the traditional, the normal way of doing things. And so she set up a bathroom, excuse me, a server in her bathroom closet. She thought, you know what, I've got four walls and a door here. That serves as a firewall. I'll lock that thing up. I'll be the only person that has the key. So how could that thing not be any more uh, more secure than it is? That's what Hillary thought justified, or I guess you could say, um, you know, made a a server secure. So lock that thing in the in the bathroom closet, and and you know, not tell anyone where it is. No one will ever find it. If it's if it's locked in a bathroom closet. So I'm wondering what's the other server here? And one of the things that come to mind is the situation where Biden has donated his records to the University of Delaware. Now, the University of Delaware has accepted the records. However, there's a caveat here. And yes, I know odds it is time to take a break. I'll tell you about the caveat after the break. How about that? To keep Oz happy here and to keep us on track. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, um... Talking to Oz here about a couple things behind <laughs> during during the uh, the break, talking about uh, dreams and you know some some of those sorts of things here. Um, so before the break, I was hold on here real fast. Got to ask Oz a question here. Oz tells me she doesn't. Uh, what's that? So. Uh, before the break, we're talking about um, Biden, and we were talking about just this uh, the the developments here, um, his interview, and um, the catch, right? The catch, or the the thing that they agreed to. That's what it was. The thing that they agreed to before handing those those records over to the University of Delaware. So. 
Biden says, check the National Archives. Think government server in the Hillary scenario. Hillary would say, I only communicated through, through the government server. Never shared anything through a private server that was marked classified or whatever. Meanwhile, she's out there busting cell phones up with hammers and using bleach bit. Remember this, right? I mean, we, we kind of, I know that we remember this, but to me, this is, it's incredible. The amount of damning evidence against Hillary Clinton and her desire to keep things hidden from the American people. The media has literally no interest in this. They don't care. She could, she could have put a bomb in the place that housed the, the, the server in the bathroom, blew that server to smithereens. No one would have asked any question about this. In fact, we probably would have seen some story that told us the proper way to dispose of old servers was some sort of a bomb or some explosive device. That's the kind of stuff that they do in the media. And there would be 15 or 20 percent of the American people nodding in agreement. I never thought about that before. Maybe she did have a good reason to blow that server up. Maybe she did have a good reason to smash cell phones with hammers. Who doesn't do that when you're at the end of your the life of your cell phone used to, uh, the, the provider that we're with, we used to be able to every two years trade in and get a new phone, and they wouldn't charge us for the phone. And every two years, I never once, I mean, maybe I just didn't know how the game was played, but I never once took a hammer to my old device and beat it to smithereens. Didn't do that. Didn't never use bleach bit. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know something was called bleach bit until Hillary Clinton and what she did with Bleach Bit became uh, obvious, became reported, was something that was reluctantly reported, but nonetheless reported. So, so that's National Archives, that's government server. Then there's the server that Hillary had hidden somewhere that no one knew about. Then there's another, other sources of information. They're not supposed to have information government, official government information. Now, this is a little bit different. I'm not saying it's a perfect analogy, but I am saying in the sense of National Archives, think government server. This, these records uh, that, that Tara Reid has referenced filing a complaint, she says she's filed a complaint. Now, she didn't use the word sexual harassment. She's gone through some things and said she didn't use specific terms and phrases. Uh, but she did voice, make her complaint known. And so... People say it could be in the records that are being donated to the University of Delaware, which includes like four gigabytes of information on a, on a hard drive. It includes 1,800 boxes. They haven't been sorted. They haven't been filed, right? They, they're just kind of, here you go. These are for your records. But the caveat is, and this is what I, this is what I was alluding to before the break, the caveat is, the University of Delaware cannot release those records until Biden's public life is over. So how convenient. <laughs> how convenient. I would put, well, not me, but if I'm Biden, if I say, hey, anything that I don't want anybody to know about, we'll give it to the University of Delaware. Just put it in those boxes. They can't even open those things until I step out of public life, whatever that means. I'm guessing that means until he dies. Because even, I mean, is, is Obama not currently in public life? I mean, the guy can't go anywhere without Secret Service. I would imagine Biden and his legal team 
would argue that these would never be released until after after his death. But at least until after he's out of office, a point in time in which we can do nothing about it electorally. We can't vote against him or whatever because of information that we didn't know about that's been hidden in boxes or on some hard drive at the University of Delaware. So that's the equivalent of the secret Hillary Clinton server, right? Just as the government couldn't get that information because of bleach bit and busted cell phones and hiding the server and all this kind of stuff. This is why, by the way, Trump said, Russia, if you're listening, maybe you can find the 30,000 emails that Hillary has hidden from view. You know, Hillary saying that these only have her yoga poses on there and Hillary's emails to Chelsea about the wedding. So I, we're supposed to believe there's 30, 32,000 emails with Hillary doing downward dog, with Hillary doing the tree pose, Hillary working on her warrior one pose, warrior two, all these other yoga poses, cobra, mixing a little cobra there. We're supposed to believe that that's what is on those emails. Likewise, that and Hillary's, or excuse me, uh, Chelsea's wedding emails. Hi, Chelsea. Have you picked out your cake yet? Hi, Chelsea. Can you, Here's some pictures of some wedding dresses. This is what we're supposed to believe. Right? That was the Hillary server example. Now we've got the Biden boxes at the University of Delaware that we cannot open, apparently, until after he's at least out of public life and possibly until he's dead. That information, by the way, at that point in time would not be helpful in the sense of getting to justice, getting to truth, getting to the bottom of what's going on here. Who knows? I mean, we may not find – there may not be anything – but Tara Reid says that she filed a report. Biden acts like he's never seen one. So either A, either he simply doesn't want us to know that he knew, or B, there were so many other reports that were filed, women that he may have rubbed their shoulders and sniffed their hair. Maybe, who knows, what else? But, um, you know, maybe there's too many to count. Or who, who knows? There's any number of, of reasons here. But they could be somewhere else. Why couldn't they be somewhere else besides the National the national Archives? When I told Oz, the, by the way, the New York Times has a plan. I want to share this after the break. New York Times has a plan on how we can get to the bottom of this. And when I tell you, when I tell you what that is, you might find yourself agreeing with Oz, who said that those documents will be shredded in a, in a heartbeat. And they probably would. So I'll share that plan for you. New York Times has it all figured out here as to how we can get to the bottom of this Biden Tara Reid situation. Got to take a time out. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So the New York Times, the New York Times has this all figured out. They've got a solution whereby we can get to the bottom of the allegations made by Tara Reid. I kid you not. I kid you not. Here is the New York Times solution. Well, this is an op-ed. In, well, it's an op-ed, but it's written by the editorial board. So this is, this is what the New York Times thinks. Here's what the headline says. 
investigate Tara Reed's allegations. Remember, they've known about this for over a month. They didn't really tell us anything. In fact, the only thing they really told us is why they weren't telling us anything about it, defending themselves uh, for their lack of uh, interest and so forth regarding the allegations that Tara Reed has made, even though that they were, even though they want you to believe that they were firmly on the side of the Me Too movement and so forth. Nonetheless, that they didn't do anything for Tara Reed. Americans deserve to know. <laughs> I just, it's just amazing to me. This goes against everything that they are telling us. Everything, excuse me, everything that they're doing, this contradicts because they're not reporting. Newsflash, New York Times, you can tell us more about the sexual assault. They write here, Americans deserve to know more about a sexual assault accusation against a likely Democrat, uh, Democratic Party nominee. So I'm going to skip ahead here because I don't have time to read this, this whole thing. Maybe we'll talk about this more uh, next segment. But basically what they want to see happen here is for the DNC, the Democrat National Committee, to put together effectively a task force to look into this. Because the media can't do it. No, no. The media can't do it. Um, yeah, here it is. It says here, um, in 2018, this board advocated strongly for a vigorous inquiry into accusations of sexual misconduct raised against Brett Kavanaugh when he was nominated to a seat on the Supreme Court. Mr. Biden's pursuit of the presidency requires no less. His campaign and his party have a duty to assure the public uh, that the accusations are being taken seriously. The Democratic National Committee should move to investigate the matter swiftly and thoroughly with the full cooperation of the Biden campaign. So let the DNC investigate this. Media can't do this. No, 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 no. It's got to be. It's got to be the DNC. Incredible stuff. How in the world do they want to be taken seriously? Got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Oz decided to print something during the break, if you can hear that in the background. Um, so, New York Times, they think, they think the only way to get to the bottom of this is to let the D- the DNC investigate this. This is absolutely fantastic, by the way. The media can't do this. No, no, no. This is beyond, um, I would agree with them. The media can't do this. Now, they could. They could if they were actually reporters and not part of the Democrat Party's I don't know, PR team, marketing firm, campaign team, if they were not all editorialists and actually reporters. If they could find someone on staff at the New York Times to say, just go investigate. Go talk to people. Go share what you find. You know, people can can make their own judgments about these things. I mean, we were supposed to do that on Kavanaugh. Apparently, we can't do that when it's, when it's Joe Biden. Media can't do it. No, no, no. It's got to be the DNC. The DNC, the idea that the DNC can be impartial, can they, they, not, they not talk about this internally? How in the world do they expect the DNC 
to be impartial when determining whether or not allegations made against its presumptive nominee for president are true or not. Insanity. I've got to go. See you in a few. SDG.